Are you a woman in the middle? You're in the right place. I'm Susie Rosenstein, and you are listening to the Women in the Middle podcast, episode number 15. Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, so glad you're here for this week's episode, which is all about the importance of having girlfriends in midlife and what you can do about it if you need more women in your life. This is also the third episode where I'm going to share a little bit of my experience of having something displayed at the Museum of Modern Art, just something that I think will uh, give you some insight into something that will probably improve your life. (laughs) That's what I'm hoping. Before we dive into this topic, I want to ask you an important question, though. Do you know a woman in the middle who has made a major change in her life and might like to talk about it? Over the next few months, I'm going to start featuring interviews with inspirational women who have faced fears and shaken things up in midlife, usually by making some kind of a big change, perhaps in their career, perhaps with travel, perhaps with self-care, maybe their relationships. They've changed something so much so that they love their life now more than they ever believed possible. Sometimes we really do need to make the change we're afraid to make to become happier in our lives. That's why I want to talk to some of you midlife gals out there. I find that sharing these type of stories is super inspirational to others who are stuck and frustrated and just feel like life is passing them by. So if you made a big change in your life or if you know someone else who's made a big change, please send me an email at Susie at womeninthemiddlepodcast.com and let's talk. Okay, let's dive in with another question. Are you having as much fun creating amazing memories with your friends as you could be? My guess is that you're not. In fact, several of my clients have told me this recently, that they don't have the female friendships that they always hope to have at this age and stage, that they simply don't have enough close girlfriends, and they're not even sure how this happened. So... The topic this week was inspired by my recent trip to Manhattan. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know what I was doing in New York City last week. I was on my way to the Museum of Modern Art to see my handmade work displayed as part of the new exhibit called Items is Fashion Modern. Yes, my work at the MoMA. I make a beaded wire kippah, a head covering for Jewish women. And one of my kippahs is on display at the freaking MoMA. (laughs) Seriously. And I just saw it with my own eyes. So for sure, this is my midlife MoMA moment. And it happened unexpectedly at 54 years old. It's something that I would have never imagined in a million years. And until I was contacted a few months ago in May, I never even thought about being credited in a book produced and sold by MoMA or that my work making these beaded wire kippahs would be credited in anybody's book. I just have a little Etsy site. And uh, that's what I've been doing for about a decade. And I've been loving it. As it started to sink in, I knew that I just had to go. I had to get on a plane, go to Manhattan, and see it for myself. So 
just for so many reasons I had to do it. The obvious reason of disbelief and also because I really believe that everyone should enjoy the feeling of pride whenever possible through every fiber of your being. Pride is awesome. And I definitely felt proud of myself. So as I began imagining that my kippa was actually being accepted and included into the exhibit, I started to imagine myself going to see it. I would be wearing these amazingly sexy, strappy shoes that I purchased this summer, and I would be with close friends. I just couldn't imagine experiencing this whole thing alone. It would be the perfect thing to do with some girlfriends, right? New York City with some gal pals. What could be better than that? And two of these gal pals of mine, these friends, jumped at the chance to finally go away together after all these years. The three of us had been friends since working together at a health unit way back in 1989. That is 28 years ago. It was my very first job in Toronto after I graduated with my master's degree, and I became friends with these two women immediately. We all sat near each other in the office, and we connected right away. Who knew that an epidemiologist, a nutritionist, and a tobacco health educator would still be together after all these years? Funny, though, we have never traveled together before. We never even planned a day trip. The nutritionist moved away. First to Montreal, then to San Diego, and then finally to North Carolina. So that did complicate things a bit. But it's more than that. I always visited her wherever she moved. And the three of us would attend parties and special events for each other, but never an actual trip where we would plan to go somewhere together, even though we wanted to. We never prioritized it, which is weird because we talked about it, but we never did anything about it. Life does have a tendency to get in the way with so many things, but especially with things that don't seem to hit the priority list as we define it. It's so easy to think things like, I'm too busy to take a weekend for myself, or it's just so complicated to organize some time like this, right? Way easier not to do it than to do it. However, none of us girlfriends in the middle could deny that this was the time. This was our time to book an inaugural trip. We whipped this trip into shape within a month or so. We settled on the dates, booked our flights and hotel. It went pretty quickly. Like that's what happens when you make a decision that you're going to do it versus a decision that this might happen. Very different thinking to produce a different result. So we all landed in Newark, the Newark airport, within about 30 minutes or so of each other. And we stared at each other in a bit of shock that we actually made it happen. So it was like we were coming from different corners of the airport. The one friend landed in a different terminal. Another friend got hung up in immigration because I'm a dual citizen. I went right through because I have this Nexus card. So even though we were all in the airport, we weren't all together for about an hour, half hour. I guess it was 30 or 40, about 30 minutes by the time we all actually (laughs) came together. And we really just stood there and stared at each other. We were giddy. We quickly realized that we should have done this sooner. We got to our hotel and loved the location of being on the Upper West Side. Now, as you might be aware, finding a reasonable priced accommodation in New York City is a challenge. We wanted to find a one-bedroom with enough sleeping space to deal with our issues, like snoring. (laughs) We decided we could only share a king-size bed because of the snoring and because we're just old. (laughs) And if... We could get a king and a rollaway bed. We should be okay. 
That's what we were thinking. So at our age, 54 to 59 years old as a group, we wanted to be comfortable, have a teeny weeny bit of privacy, but not spend too much money. So we did find a room that fit the bill, but man, it was tiny. The rollaway bed could either block the hallway when it was set up or it could block the access to the bathroom. So we knew that we could not block the access to the bathroom. (laughs) And we also knew that we could block the access to the hallway just a little bit and like dive over the sleeping person if we had to get out (laughs) quickly. The bathroom was a bit of an issue, too, because it just had a pedestal sink, no counter at all. So we were juggling our bags and our nighttime routine and all of our paraphernalia, tiptoeing around each other when we went to the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. We were able to manage. Absolutely. We were much more excited about finding reasonable accommodation. So my friend and I shared the king-size bed, and we made this little pillow wall in the middle of the bed. (laughs) We couldn't even see each other. We really felt like we had the privacy and it was surprisingly comfortable. It was pretty funny, though, but it really worked out great. Being with other sister friends who snore is way better than being the only one who snores. So much more understanding in the room. We all snored a little bit and it was just fine. So we went to MoMA the first thing the next morning. Another friend met us there. I was just so happy that I took out a membership before because I was able to share the discounted guest passes and we were able to get into the exhibit an hour before the public did. And guys, I have to say it was absolutely amazing to be with my friends after I wandered around this amazingly interesting new exhibit. I mentioned earlier that it's called Items Is Fashion Modern, and it features 111 iconic categories of fashion and accessories, and it basically just all tells the story of how and why we dress the way we do today. It's super interesting. It's full of many blasts from the past, like early wonder bra, clogs, aviator glasses, swatch watches, a zoot suit, a white t-shirt, and just many, many more fun things to look at. So as we were walking around the exhibit, each fully engrossed in whatever it was that we were looking at, I turned a corner and found the Keepa display. I like walked into it. I was overwhelmed and excited when I saw it. I alerted my friends, I found my Keepa! And they came over and there we were all standing there together looking at the display, taking it all in. I couldn't have imagined a better scenario for myself than to be there with friends. They helped me stage a bunch of cool pictures. The security guard noticed us and gently guided me back a few times because I guess I was just a bit too close and also accidentally used my flash once. Everyone was on a high. It was just so unusual to be having this experience, which for me felt a bit of an out-of-body experience. Like it was very strange. Has that ever happened to you? It was just so big that the feelings were just so overwhelming. Totally happy. I was just full of joy. But it really is a lot to take in. I also couldn't have been more grateful to be there with my friends. And even that I had this amazing experience in the first place is just overwhelming and unbelievable. Now, we only had two full days in the city. The next day, we went to the Chihuly Glass Exhibit in the New York Botanical Gardens in the Bronx. Another amazing experience to have with girlfriends. And I'm not talking about being on the subway for an hour as well. And when I mentioned the experience, which was the subway was just full of characters straight out of central casting. It was so much fun. But I'm really talking about this experience of seeing Chihuly Glass in an outdoor garden exhibit. 
It was really a beautiful slice of outdoor heaven. And I couldn't help but think again, why haven't we done this sooner? Being with girlfriends has such a different feel when you're traveling. It was just so relaxed and civilized. Each of us adopted our unspoken roles quite quickly. I was in charge of photography. One friend was in charge of event planning and purchase tickets in advance. And the other one was in charge of finances. Easy peasy. We decided what time we would get up and did so, no fuss. We decided what time we would leave the room in the morning and head out for coffee, and we did so, no muss. We changed and altered bits of our plans throughout the day with no haggling or upset. We didn't even have one glass of wine, but the food, my friends, was divine. And no one was being pestered for sex. Ladies, I'm telling you, you must find time to travel and do things with your friends. As I'm describing all of this to you, I wonder what you're thinking. Is it that, this is nothing, Susie, I prioritize my friends all the time and I do way more than a couple of days in New York City? Or is it more like these thoughts? Oh man, I wish I could do things like this. I'm just too busy. I could never make time for a few days away like that. Or maybe this one, it's just too much money to spend on myself. I just couldn't make this kind of thing happen. Maybe someday. Now, my amazing women in the middle, I just want to offer you the idea that this type of thinking is not helping you at all. Ask yourself why. Why are you thinking this way? What are you making it mean to be too busy or to not spend money on something you really, really want to do? It's pretty interesting when you pause, slow things down, and take a look at what's going on up there. Notice how you feel when you think these thoughts. I know because I was thinking these kinds of thoughts too, which is why this particular trip to New York was the first trip we had taken together after 28 years of friendship. When you think I'm too busy, you probably feel rushed, maybe disappointed. And then think about how you act when you have feelings like this. You probably withdraw a little bit and don't look to find solutions to do it anyway to make time. The result, you don't travel with your friends, which proves your thought that you're too busy to make anything like this ever happen. And there you have it, another example of the power of your thinking when it comes to creating your results. Now, notice what changed in my scenario this time. It was my thinking. It was all of our thinking. The thought this time was that we just have to go see this exhibit. We were just as busy. Our lives were just as complicated. We all had dogs to deal with, too. There were two Wheaton Terriers and a Newfoundland in this mix, (laughs) but our thoughts were different. We were going to this exhibit, so our feelings were different too. We were excited, and we started problem-solving right away. We found a way to make the cost reasonable. We found a time of the week to go. It wasn't a weekend. We left midday on Wednesday. We dealt with our dogs and families. We found solutions. The result? We went to see the exhibit. Completely different chain of events based on completely different thinking. This thought model is alive and well in everything we do. Absolutely everything. Thank goodness, because it makes things easier to figure out, right? (laughs) Last year, I also had an interesting airplane seatmate experience while flying to California. It was another situation of friends traveling. As I was settling into my window seat, a group of middle-aged men walked on the plane and began taking their seats in my row. There were four guys. Now, I sized them up pretty quickly because they were pretty much dressed the same. They looked like golfers. They were having fun, and it it didn't take that long until I 
started a conversation with the guy next to me. And I asked him if he was traveling to Palm Springs for business or pleasure. And he said golf. And then he offered that they're celebrating their 20th year of taking an annual golf trip together. Well, he had my interest. I was so impressed that this friend group had been doing this for 20 years, knowing full well that I was not doing this sort of thing with my friends. Something else crossed my mind. I noticed that I was surprised that men had prioritized it. And I'm not sure why I thought this. I guess I assumed that women valued their friendships more than men and would therefore be taking these kinds of trips. But look, look around. Are you taking these kinds of trips? I can't wait to hear from you guys because I really do want to hear how you're making it happen and what the thinking is going behind your action if you are prioritizing your friendships. I had to know more with these guys, so I asked how they organized all of it. And I just loved what he told me. He said that after years of some trial and error, in the early years especially, they decided they would rotate the planning responsibility every year. There was this bit of ceremony, too. They passed this special golf towel to another person every year, once a year. And the newly appointed person did all of the research as to where they would be playing golf. They didn't have a tight budget. But the idea was that it would be like a nice place and it would be a seven-day vacation. Can you imagine? And there they were, on a plane, with me, en route to an awesome golf destination. They'd been through a lot together, too. A lot of them, several of them had become divorced over the years, but they still managed to prioritize this special week of guy time. And over the years, they experimented with adding additional people, but it sounded like they preferred it when no extras were included. Sometimes they shared rooms, sometimes they didn't. To my surprise, the snoring didn't seem to be a problem with them like it was with us. And complaints about the venue were not allowed. I loved hearing about all this. 20 years of a beautiful tradition is just simply fantastic. And I really wonder what they were thinking to make this tradition happen all of these years. I wonder if they thought they were too busy or had trouble spending money on themselves like we do. I highly doubt it because if they did, they wouldn't be taking these trips. Results prove your thoughts. So if they are going and doing and playing golf, then they are thinking something that supports their feelings and ultimate results. So I really, really want to emphasize that midlife friend groups and tradition like these are invaluable. Because of our midlife age and stage, there are some challenges. It's a time when we start losing our friends one way or another. At this age, I'm sure many of you have friends who have died young. Talk about shaking up your life. I've lost two close friends in the past couple of years. It is just horrible, and I think about them all the time. The other things that tend to happen are related to changes at work and home. So it's not just that we want to spend time with our friends. Sometimes we don't have as many friends as we used to. So when you leave a job because of a layoff, retirement, or just because you want to, it's pretty common to notice that you'll also be saying to, uh, goodbye to many of those friendships. We like to think that we're going to keep these friendships, but when you leave, it's not because you don't like each other anymore, but it's because it takes a quite a bit of effort to keep relationships up. And, you know, when it's not so convenient anymore to see each other, it's not as easy. Many of these relationships and friendships tend to disappear. 
The other thing that I've noticed happens is downsizing and moving because of our adult children. So as our children grow and become settled in other places, sometimes we want to go closer to them. And it's trickier to keep in touch with those you were once regular neighborhood friends with when you move. Sometimes you just downsize and move and other times you're moving for who knows what reason. But in those first, I don't know, 20 years of raising a family, you do tend to have like a stable circle of friends. You know, when you're in full-blown kid mode, it goes on for a couple of decades and then things start to change. Of course, I guess I also have to mention divorce. When your friends get divorced, it's so common for friendships to shift. And I remember Larry David pointing out on an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm when when he was getting divorced from Cheryl that friends have to pick sides. So I'm not exactly sure how common that is, but I know it happens and I know it's happened with me. So that shifts your friendships too. Now, research even supports the importance of having good friends. It turns out that friends become even more and more important to health and happiness as we age and in many cases have the same or even more positive effect than that of family members. And that's coming out of some really interesting new research by somebody named William Chopik. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, out of Michigan State University, where he pointed out that having these solid supportive friendships in old age was found to be a stronger predictor of well-being in some cases than having strong family connections. I guess that makes sense when you think about, you know, what family members do when you age. It's a lot of taking care of, whereas friendships, you choose your friendships. So there are different roles that long-term relationships take in our lives, but we definitely cannot underestimate the importance of prioritizing our friendships. So I came up with some tips about how to do this and specifically how to create amazing memories with midlife friends. The first tip is to make creating memorable experiences with your friends a priority. Do not say you're too busy. Try to take that phrase right out of your vocabulary. When you think the thought that you're too busy, notice how you feel. Try a new thought. Try something like this. I'm learning to prioritize more time with my friends. And just notice how that tiny shift makes you feel. It opens the door to making things happen versus closing it because you think you're just too busy or you can't do anything. Big difference. Once you generate feelings like motivation and excitement, your brain starts problem solving and you figure out how you can do things, not if you can do things. Big difference there too. How you can do things versus if you can do things. Remember, thoughts are optional and this small shift is an example of what's possible. The second tip is to decide how to plan. What would work best with your group of friends? Should someone just take charge or would rotating work best? Put it on the agenda and make it happen. If you don't do it, it may never happen and you may have regrets. It does require serious effort. I have some groups of friends where one person just loves planning things. She takes over and we don't mind. And other people do like to share that responsibility. So just talk about it with your friends and focus on making something happen. How do you make other important things happen in your life? Think about it. It needs the same kind of attention because you all know if it's not on the agenda, it's not going to happen. The other tip is to just have fun doing it. Decide how you want to spend your time together. Really think about it. Within the next five or 10 years, what types of experiences do you want to have on purpose with your friends? 
Think of this topic as part of your effort to live more intentionally. Do you see you and your friends going to a cottage for the weekend, taking a cruise to Alaska, attending an art show in a town an hour away? I proposed something this year. I found out that there's this cool little goat farm that's about an hour away, and they have live cams and everything. I think it would be so much fun to check it out with this group of friends. I don't think my husband would be into that, but I think my girlfriends would. Would you like to go on a wine tour, start a book club, maybe rotate houses for potluck? Simply formalizing your time together, like one weekend a summer, maybe that's what you need to do. Whatever it is, think about it, talk about it, and most importantly, dream about it. Live your friendships intentionally. The fourth tip is a simple one, but I'm finding it's really enhancing friendships. Talk more on webcam. You can't believe how much fun Facebook Messenger is, and it's free. You can see when your friends are online. You can shoot them a text if now's a good time or make it more exciting and don't shoot them the text on Facebook and just call them. You can pick the phone or you can pick the the webcam. And either way, it's free. It's so easy and it's way more personal than a text. And you can do it as a group. So if you have a group of three or four friends and you live all over the place, you can talk together so easily on Facebook. I mean, I know you can do it on Skype. You can do it on Zoom. There are other ways to do it. But I just find Facebook is the easiest way to do it. So I encourage you, whatever, whatever way is the easiest, start to do it. It's way more fun. And fifth, ask yourself, do you want more friends? Do you have the kinds of friendships that you want and need? If not, do something about it. Think about how you used to make friends. So many of my clients have talked to me about this recently, that they just don't have the friends, the deep friendships that they thought they would have at this point in their lives. So do something about it. It's true. When you were younger and you had young children, it was very easy to do. You were going to soccer. You were doing drop-offs. You were doing playdates. You were walking into the school. It was definitely easier to do. The kids make so many things easier. They make some things harder too, but making friends did seem to be easier with kids. But it doesn't mean that you can't make new friends now. What else would you like to do? I can pretty much guarantee that there's a way to do the thing that you love with other people. You could take a class. You can join a group. You can play badminton or go bowling. You can walk with a group. You can join something somewhere. Maybe there's a meetup group, for example. Type in meetup group in your town and you'll be amazed at what people are meeting up to talk about. My sister even found a cool website called nextdoor.com. When she moved into a new town, it's a free social network for your neighborhood. And she found it to be incredibly warm and inviting with so much help and so many things to do. The point is, think it and figure it out. Think about what you want to do and you can find a way to do it by yourself. And you can also find a way to do it with other people. And number six, the other thing you can do is to be a better friend to the friends you have. Who haven't you seen in a while? How can you reach out? When's the last time you sent a birthday card in snail mail or actually picked up the phone and called someone the old-fashioned way? My advice is to be the friend you want to have. I remember something Deepak Chopra said. I had the opportunity to go hear Oprah at Radio City Music Hall a few years ago. I don't know, five or six years ago when she was doing a tour. And Deepak 
Chopra was speaking, and I remember somebody in the audience asked him what the key to happiness was. You know what he said? He said that the key to happiness was to make somebody else happy. And I think reaching out to your amazing female friends is a great way to start. Make some midlife magic together. You are never too old for that. So my wonderful women in the middle, that's it for this episode. Let's do this, ladies. One amazing friend and thought at a time. You will never regret it. I promise you. Being a woman in the middle is the best place to be. So thanks so much for listening. And I'm so excited for all of the mayhem that you ladies are going to be hatching and cooking up ways to enjoy your friends together. Take care. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Women in the Middle. If you liked what you heard and want more, head over to womeninthemiddlepodcast.com slash guide to download a free actionable guide that will help you break out of your midlife funk and start living the life you want. Thank you.